Fight Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. The record book for the all-time greats is being written in real time by a man who has redefined dominance in the toughest division in combat sports. A lightweight champion who has won 10 straight fights, who has more finishes than anyone in UFC history, more submissions by a mile, more stories waiting to be told. Tonight, as the UFC returns to the Valley of the Sun, an Arizona native has been tasked with stopping the Brazilian superstar. A high-powered bonus machine. Who turns every fight into an onslaught of shock and awe. Every exchange into a jaw-dropping event. fighter who averages more strikes per minute than anyone in UFC history and is coming for that belt. My philosophy is to be mentally and physically as, as ready and capable of committing violence on another human being. He's going to have to walk through fire. First, it's a throwback to how it all began as the best strawweight in the world faces off with a familiar foe, this time as a defending champion. A picture of cold, unnerving execution. There's the tap! Reinvented and fully realized as the best finisher in the division's history. Yet, if history is on the challenger's side, so is momentum. As this punishing force is at the peak of her powers and just needs an inch to ruin somebody's night. The divisional leader in takedowns with the most vicious ground and pound in the class. Carla Sparza, five straight wins. She is coming for what was originally hers. Plus, the lightweight division is about to go boom as two of the most devastating action fighters clash head on. El Kakui, the boogeyman who has haunted the division for the better part of a decade. And his nemesis, a forward-rolling, bomb-throwing brawler, hell-bent on destruction. Oh! It's over! Michael Chandler! Two titles are on the line, and history will be written with a flamethrower. Live from the sold-out Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona, it's UFC 274, Oliveira vs. Gaethje, and it starts right now. You are listening to the Fight Show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. You can follow my Twitter accounts. I am the host of the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can find me at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Or you can find me at LockBetting.com. 
That's at LockBetting.com. That is the uh, Twitter account for my premium betting service, LockBetting.com. So at LockBetting.com is uh, LockBetting.com without the dot. LockBetting.com has provided clients with 100 and seven months in a row of transparent track profit. So if we make a profit this month, and it's looking very much like we will after the start we've had after the first week, we will have 108 months in a row. And that will be significant because we can say we have been undefeated in sports betting for nine years, a profit every single month for nine years, 108 months undefeated. You can still come on board for the journey for month number 108. Just head over to lockbetting.com and sign up for the appropriate package. So much to come still here in the month of May. We have this UFC card tonight, which is going head to head with Canelo Alvarez taking on Dimitri Bivol. We also have the end of the soccer domestic season. We have the Champions League, Europa League, Europa Conference League, all in soccer. We are getting into the tennis season now, big time. We are coming up to um, the peak of clay court season and then we'll be moving on to the grass court season. And of course, we have the NBA playoffs and we are crushing it this year in the NBA. So if you want to get involved with that, we are making money in all of these sports head over to lockbetting.com. If you want to do your research first, the P&Ls are all available for you to see. I'm completely transparent and I'm also not one of these clowns that give out five-star plays or 10-unit maxes or 20-unit whales. Go and look at my spreadsheets and you'll see it's all sensible stakes and you'll see that all of the spreadsheets are verified by my members. The pin tweet at lockbetting.com is the PL from the previous month. So you can go and see now the month of April. And if you go down to the bottom, you'll see little tags. They say things like uh, UFC, MMA, NBA, soccer, tennis. One of those tags says PL. Click that and you'll be able to go and see all of the other previous PLs. Do your due diligence. And if it's the right service for you, by looking at the stakes, looking at the comments, looking at the sports. If you like what you see, then come on board for month number 108 as we look to make May that month, which says we have been undefeated for nine years in sports betting over at lockbetting.com. So this edition of the fight show is here to focus on tonight's UFC. Once again, UFC decides to put out a card going head-to-head with a major boxing match that's not great for for us as bettors and fight fans that want to watch everything. But uh, you'll have to pick and choose here what you miss from from UFC uh, 274 to to watch the Canelo fight if you do want to watch the Canelo fight. Hopefully, it won't be uh, the main event. The ideal scenario would be that Canelo goes on super late or the, uh, the fights on this card early on drag and uh, Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje go on super late, although I'm not expecting Gaethje and Oliveira to last long. So perhaps if you do hit a scenario where um, the fights are crossing over, I would probably quickly watch Oliveira and Gaethje, and then I would go back to the Canelo fight because my analysis on that fight, as you guys heard, if you have listened to the fight show, is that Canelo may take some time to figure out Bivol and and get on the inside because Bivol is a much bigger man who will probably keep Canelo at bay for the first few rounds with his jab. At least that's how I see it anyway. To get a full analysis of how I see the fight, go and check out the other edition of the fight show, breaking down that Canelo versus Bivol fight. Moving on to this UFC card, we begin with that main event. Now, I just want to let you know, this podcast would have been out sooner, but I had to re-record it again 
on the basis of uh, Charles Oliveira missing weight. So I had to acknowledge that. Actually, my pick hasn't changed at all. Um, I, I'm not really overly concerned when somebody narrowly misses the weight. I'm more concerned when somebody looks like shit on the scales and you hear that they've had a horrible weight cut and you see them and it looks like they're about to die and they're as frail as they're as frail as a um, as an AIDS victim in his final week like that that's when I get massively concerned I don't get too concerned when someone is coming in at a healthy weight and the excuse here was that the hotel scales were um, were was were different to the scales where they did the weigh-in he missed it by half a pound he tried again an hour later and, and he couldn't eliminate half a pound I mean I mean half a pound is a half a pound burger so that's if you if you hold a half pound burger in your hand that's what he missed the weight by so that to me isn't concerning but obviously um i had to redo the podcast so i could tell you that i have taken that under consideration here when breaking down this fight charles Oliveira is the seven to ten favorite to win this fight with justin gaethje here available at 11 to 10 the method of victory market sees charles Oliveira seven to one to win by tko ko and six to four to win by his favorite way submission 11 to two via decision justin Gaethje here is 13 to 8 to win by his favourite way, which is the TKO KO. Zero chance via submission here at 33 to 1. And he's 17 to 2 here via decision. So the book's very much expecting this fight to not hit the, the late stages. In fact, the over-under sees the over here at 5 to 4 with the under at 4 to 6 minus 150. So they really do fancy this to go under two and a half rounds. I agree with them. The data tells you that it will be under two and a half rounds. It's a matchup of two of MMA's proven finishers here. I mean, you heard that in the audio at the top when they were talking about Oliveira. Um, and therefore, it's very, very likely to end via stoppage at some point. I think it will go under two and a half rounds, just like the books. Of their collective 66 bouts, 53 of both Oliveira and Gaethje's fights have lasted under two and a half rounds. Um, the Brazilian missing weight, Oliveira missing weight, only adds question marks surrounding his durability for some. Um, but I think that would probably make it more chaotic for me. Um, I think it would be more chaotic, a little bit more thrilling than than people expected anyway. And we were always expecting this to be a good fight. Um, but I don't think it will last long. Ultimately, I think Oliveira wins. As I said, I'm not worried about the weight cut. I think he catches him at some point. Gaethje's a little bit reckless and I think he gets caught by something. And I think Oliveira comes away with a submission victory here. So I'm torn between going for the under and going for Oliveira. Um, I'm going to go for Oliveira. Sometimes unders can be really nerve-wracking to bet. Obviously, if this ends in round one, there's nothing nervous about that. But um, th- th- it can be it can be nerve-wracking. Plus, also, these guys are pretty durable. So Justin Gaethje can take some damage. I think Oliveira can take some damage too. So perhaps, I think that would be the only reason that, that it does go past over two and a half, although I don't think it will. So I'm a little bit more concerned by that. But ultimately, Charles Oliveira, he's been ridiculous as of late he's beaten all the big names and I just feel that that Justin Gaethje he's a great opponent it's a great win to add to the list but ultimately at the end of this fight Justin Gaethje will be another name added to Charles Oliveira's list here when it's all said and done up next we move on to the fight between Rose Namajunas and Carla Esparza 
We have a line here that I don't entirely agree with. We have Rose Namajunas as the clear four to nine favorite. So she's shorter than a minus 200 favorite to win this fight with Carla Esparza here at seven to four. The method of victory market sees Rose Namajunas here at four to one, five to one submission and 13 to eight via decision with Carla Esparza at 10 to one via TKOKO. 20 to 1 via submission and 11 to 4 via decision. Now, going back to what I was saying, Rose Namajunas should be the favourite for this fight. She is the champion and she should be the favourite going into this. She's had a great run as of late and uh, she's going to be tough to beat. However, 4 to 9 here against Carla Esparza, that is something that I find difficult to to take on the chin because I just feel that this is a much closer fight than this. Had Rose been four to six, maybe even eight to 13. I mean, that w- I think minus 150 would be the right price here for Rose. I'm not buying her here at, um, at shorter than minus 200. One thing to factor in when considering Rose Namuse's chances of retaining here is how she's fared when going to the scorecards. Now, in a pair of championship rematches with Zhang Weli and um, and Jonah Janjacek and a three-round rematch as well, let's throw in a fight with uh, Jessica Andrade, Doug Rose was effective in those fights. She was in the fights and you could argue that she won them all, but she wasn't dominant. In fact, I feel that the Janjacek fight was actually the least controversial out of the lot. Andrade probably could have been a draw. And uh, Zhang, I feel that she lost that fight. Not just because we were on Zhang, but I do feel she lost that fight. And uh, Carla Esparza is a completely different beast than the than the fellow champions. But I mean that like in a good way. Because in a five-round fight, wrestling is actually invaluable when it comes to swaying the judges. Especially when you can stay busy once you secure the takedown. And that's what Esparza can do. Um, I think a grappling here could actually be the undoing of Nami Yunus here. I think this could be her Achilles heel. Now, you could say that both of the fighters have evolved a lot over the years since their first meeting. That would be correct. But there's only so many things you can do when an opponent is consistently putting you on your back. And that's what I expect Carla Esparza to do here in this matchup. And even if she takes even if it takes time to, to to get these takedowns and break down Nami Yunus's defense, she will be getting them here in this fight. Nami Yunus is a deadly and versatile finisher and there won't be a moment in the fight where Carla Esparza is, is comfortable and, and way up on the cards. But Carla Esparza is really, really difficult to put away and I don't see that being the finish here in this fight. I mean, Rose Nami Yunus's most favoured route to victory via the books is via decision. And I don't think that Rose Namajunas is going to win a decision here. So if you took Carla Esparza via decision, which is how I kind of see this going, and you take a hedge on Doug Rose to get the finish here, you're pretty much guaranteeing yourself a profit. So you would make a loss if Namajunas gets it on the scorecards. And it is concerning. It is scary because she has grinded out scorecard wins before. So perhaps you, you you don't want to take the heads. Perhaps you don't want to take a huge stake on this fight. Perhaps you just want to take this fight and, and listen to my advice and take a small play on the underdog. Because I'm telling you, this is a much closer fight than it's being made out to be by the books. Um, whoever wins this fight, I think we're going to see a third meeting. And perhaps in that one, Nami Yunus works it out. But I think at this moment in time, 
it's tough to see her beating Esparza. She's already lost to Esparza. And I feel that, yes, both people have evolved, but I think there's too much value here in taking Esparza to win again. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take uh, Carla Esparza to, to win this fight at the price of 7-4 to four as a big underdog, just because I think Rose is um, is very, very overvalued here. In fact, I would even go as far as um, just taking Sparza at 11-4 via decision or shop around to find her at 3-1 to one plus 300 on a decision and uh, have a small sprinkle on that and hope that I have analysed this fight correctly because I do think Rose Naman Yunus is in for a difficult night and I think she probably will need a finish here to come away with her belt in this one. The final fight I'm going to look at here is between Tony Ferguson and Michael Chandler. And this as well is a hugely disrespectful line. Now, I want to say off the bat, I do expect Michael Chandler to win. But Michael Chandler is a 1-4 to four minus 400 here favourite against Tony Ferguson, who is available at 3-1 to one plus 300. Looking at the method of victory market, Michael Chandler here is at 11-10 to 10 to win via TKOKO, 13-2 to 2 via submission, and 11-4 to 4 via a decision. And Tony Ferguson is 8-1 to 1 via TKOKO, 12-1 to 1 via submission, and he is available at 13-2 to 2 via a decision. Again, because the line here is so big, you you could consider taking a, a blind sprinkle on Tony Ferguson, hoping that he's still got the magic. It pains me to say, deep down, I've probably lost faith in, in Tony Ferguson. But to be fair, his three straight losses have come to uh, Dariush, Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. So they're not exactly losses to be ashamed of. However, um, I have a habit of holding on to diminishing returns of elite fighters for too long. Um, I won't make the same mistake with with Tony Ferguson that I made with, with Tyrone Woodley, um, a former champion that I picked a few times after he was past his best to pull out of his career downward spiral, and he disappointed me every single time. So I'm not going to go all in here on Ferguson and say this is a ridiculous line but it is way too short and it certainly is worth having a little sprinkle at this point because those are three losses in a row yes but they are top top opponents so it's harsh to say at this moment in time that Ferguson is completely finished but um, I do expect ultimately Michael Chandler to win and then it'll be four losses in a row and then it makes it very difficult to back Ferguson who turned 38 in February. So, and we're talking a hard 38 if you look at the wars that he's put himself through and the wars he's put his body through there, um, which is why I'm not buying into any kind of rejuvenation or comeback here necessarily. I'm just looking at the line and thinking that for this particular fight, it is a little bit too big. And you're also going up against a guy here in Michael Chandler, who before he came to UFC, did actually suffer losses in Bellator. So I was surprised that Michael Chandler won, you know, because he was immediately paired up against stiff competition. I was surprised that he's been as successful as he has been in the UFC. So this is a fight that Chandler should win. But again, I just feel that the line is too big for me here for um, for Tony Ferguson, just in case he still has that one great performance left in the tank. Closing out with your lock on the show, the last two fights I spoke about value being on the two underdogs. Therefore, obviously, we won't take a lock from there. And we'll go back to the first fight and we're going to take the lock here on Charles Oliveira. I'll reiterate, I'm not worried by the, the weight cut situation. 
I think uh, Charles Oliveira still wins the fight. Uh, he stood up to two ferocious punches in each of his last two bouts. And while Justin Gaethje's takedown defense is stout, it's not impen- impenetrable. And I think Oliveira also developed enough punching power to hurt Gaethje in return. And um, Gaethje has been rocked at least once or twice in, in his last three bouts. So as much as many people would love to see Gaethje win here, and I expect him to to have money put on him as well, off the back of this um, this this weight, missing the weight situation, I think that's going to mean that Gaethje attracts more interest. That's usually a normal thing that happens. There's also a, a, a stipulation that's been added that whatever happens in this fight, only Gaethje can walk away with the belt. Some people will feel that that's... Um, demoralizing for Oliveira or a demotivational factor I don't I think this guy's just been just been so good as of late um I trust him more than I trust Justin Gaethje and therefore we're going to take this as a lock on this show so once again your lock on the show is Charles Oliveira it's just straight up to beat Justin Gaethje and that is available at the price of seven to ten that's it for me in this edition of the fight show don't forget to check out the other edition of the fight show which is currently available breaking down the fight between Canelo and Bivol Good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening.